I'm on the train. You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Well, we've reached the midway point of the 2018 college football season. Six games down and at least six games left to play for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Refreshed and energized by their midseason bye week, Coach Herm Edwards' Sun Devils return to action and return to the friendly confines of Sun Devil Stadium this Thursday night for a nationally televised Pac-12 showdown against one of the conference's premier programs of the last decade, the Stanford Cardinal. Join us over the next hour as we preview the ASU-Stanford game as well as look ahead to the second half of this 2018 season as we welcome you all aboard with Herm Edwards presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football. With me, first-year ASU head coach Herm Edwards. And Herm and I are here every week during the season for an hour-long peek into the world of Arizona State football. Now, normally our show airs on Thursday nights, but since the Sun Devils will be otherwise occupied this Thursday night against Stanford, all aboard with Coach Herm is coming your way tonight instead. And it's coming your way from our brand-new home for the ASU football radio show, the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, located on First and Farmer near downtown Tempe, Arizona. Go ahead, give them applause. They deserve it. The Lodge has been an outstanding venue all season long for the show. And, heck, come on down, join us, and join in on the fun. Like a football game, this show is formatted in quarters. So now let's begin the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. First quarter. Welcome in, head coach Herb Edwards. Herb, how are you? I am well, and we've got a nice crowd again tonight. Boy, so, dude, we've had good crowds all season. We've had an excellent crowd. The food is good. Uh, obviously, the host of the show is excellent. Uh, and, um, the co-host isn't too well, shabby we, either. either. We've got Rob, some know. good players in here, and they're coaches, and so that's why they come down here to see the see the Sun Devils. I was going to mention it earlier, but since you led into it, we, let's plug the fact that uh, we do have great guests tonight. You have cornerbacks coach and defensive pass game coordinator Tony White will join us. And then uh, two of my favorites, the starting cornerbacks, Kobe Williams and Chase Lucas aboard. Uh, they're all aboard, and they'll join me in segment two. And, boy, they've done a terrific job for you this year. They really have. And when you think about putting in a new system, um, it really it affects the, the corners a lot because when you're out there on that island, um, there's, there's no hiding. It's an island, isn't it? And we put a lot of pressure on our corners uh, to have the ability to cover. And uh, we've got two excellent young men that um, – will be a part of this system for for a couple of years here, and that's that's a good thing. It takes a unique kind of mindset, doesn't it, Coach, to play the position? You played it for so many years in the NFL. It really does, and I think the thing you realize is it's probably, beside the quarterback in the National Football League, even in college football, is, is, is probably the hardest position to play because all of the information you have to process at the quarterback position, all the pressure on you to lead and do all those things, Athletically, uh, corner is probably the hardest position to play. Uh, in the fact that you're, you're asking a guy to, to react to something, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you have to have selected memory. Uh, that's, that's that's the, the key. toughest part the of selected all. Selected memory. I would think. Yeah, you can, when, when they beat you, because they're going to beat you every once in a while. You got to let it go and play the next play. Now, I, I, in my own world and life and work world, I'm a perfectionist. It, it, 
is that something that would be bad for a cornerback? No, or no, no. And, and, and fundamentals and techniques are the things that uh, how you survive it all because you're not always going to be the fastest and the biggest and the strongest guy. The best corner to ever play football, in, in my in my humble opinion, the guys that I've watched over the decades of, of playing football, and he was a unique guy, and he's a good friend of mine, is Deion Sanders. He had all the tools. I mean, he could run. He had great hand-eye coordination, um, great instincts, um, wonderful ball skills. Um, but there's been a lot of great corners. Um, Mike Haynes, a good friend. Former Sun Devil. Eric Allen. I mean, those guys were tremendous players. And it takes a different kind of guy to go play that position because um, it's a tough position to play now. Interesting. You mentioned Deion Sanders. Which of his qualities would you say was the one that made him the best cornerback you ever saw? His instincts and his ability to catch the ball. You know, when you threw it Deion's way, when you decided to, and it wasn't often, when he caught it, now he could score. Yeah. He was one of those unique players where he could actually catch the ball in his hands and score with it because he was a great punt returner as well. So, mm-hmm. But his instincts, his feel for the game, and that's something you can't teach. It's just it's, yeah. it's, it's a gift, and he had that. Baseball, I always thought when Nolan Ryan was in his prime, he could pitch a no-hitter any night that he pitched. With Deion Sanders, I always felt any time he touched the football, he could score you in, in any way. Yeah, you were nervous. You, you were nervous. It's just like you threw it over there and you went, oh, oh don't, don't do that too many times. Bad things happen. Yeah. Well, we got two good cornerbacks for the Sun Devils, and they'll be on in the next segment. Coach, it seems to me your bye week came at a good time, did it? Uh, how did how did you and your team take advantage of these last Well, week? obviously self-scout, and that's where it starts. You self-scout um, what you've done, offense, defense, and special teams. And then you, you evaluate the players. You evaluate, uh, you know, the whole secondary as a whole, the whole linebackers, offense, defense, whatever it may be. Uh, then going forward, you look at how can we help the players to improve. And I think the thing we walked away with was this. Um, it's not so much anything but don't beat yourself with mental mistakes and mental errors. And I think if we clean those up, uh, we'll be a better football team for it. And I think the players understand that, too. There comes a point to where, and I say this every week, more games are lost than won due to your own errors, mm-hmm. the errors you make. You know, the, you know what I, the, the, the errors that, that the other team had nothing to do with it. You did it to yourself. Right. And then so if we can clean those things up, I think we'll be better off. As you reflect on the first six games of the season, what would uh, stand out as some of the pleasant surprises for you on your team? Well, opening day for me, uh, you know, UTSA was uh, was a pretty good football team uh, the previous year. And, 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 you know, at the fourth quarter on the road, Arizona State beat them. Mm-hmm. And coming in, you know, you never know what your team's going to do opening day. Especially first game under a new coaching I mean, staff. I had no idea. Right. You know, I was just trying to figure out what sideline to go to. You know, I, I, I stumbled yeah. my way over to the right. I said I'm at the right place. And from there, you know, it was a game where um, we were very, very explosive on both sides of the ball. Turnovers on defense, took the ball away, hit the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, boy, we were, we were really humming that night. You know, and so it was surprising to see because I haven't watched them play live. Mm-hmm. And for me being the coach and just listening to the coaches on the headsets and all the things that happen in a football game. And then, obviously, I, I think the, the, the big win for us was was the Michigan State game. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that was one of those, uh, you know, schools that you look at. Michigan State, the program, it's about the program. We keep talking about that every week, about the program, establishing identity of your program. And the conference they yes. come from and all that. And so that was, and it was a, it was a wonderful game in the fact that it was a tight game. 
there was a lot of things going on in that game, and every possession was important. And, and we had the last possession of the game, and our offense did a fabulous job. Defense took the ball and stopped them, and offense went down, and we scored and we was able to win. I'll tell you what, that, that game has compounded uh, value now, given the fact that uh, Michigan State went to my alma mater and took down uh, the Penn State yeah. Nittany Lions, uh, who were eighth-ranked in the country last week. Yeah, they're, they're a fabulous coach, and that was another tight game. Mm-hmm. You know, when those games come down to the wire. Well, and, a lot of close games in college uh, football uh, this college year. College football, man. you can't figure it out. Every week. Some other uh, pleasant things uh, so far this season. You, your team is really developing an ability to run the football. And Eno Benjamin, my goodness, the number uh, nine rusher in the nation, 715 yards through six games, uh, an ASU single-game record, 312 of them against Oregon State. Well, no doubt, and, and he had the offensive lineman in here the, the prior week, and uh, we have become a, a very good running football team. I think you have to do that, and, and that's a little bit of my background, my DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said that uh, when I took the job. I said, you know, you you throw the football to score, but to win you got to run. Yep. And and a running game and a good defense always travels well. And in cold weather, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't just matter. goes. It just travels wherever you want. And and I, I think Eno's had a fabulous start, and that offensive line's done a great job. And we're gonna have to continue to run the ball and and and, and get more of our passing game. It's been. Been inconsistent some, and I think if we can improve on that, we'd be much more explosive on offense. On the other side of the ball, you're implementing a brand new scheme, the three-three-five that uh, Coach Danny Gonzalez and Coach Tony White brought with them from uh, San Diego State. How would you size up the way the defense has transitioned through six games? It's still work in progress, and I think the six games has, uh, you know, made us sit back as coaches and look at it and evaluate it and say, what can we do to simplify some things, especially for the guys up front, the front seven, with the with the fits that, that, that are needed to play against the run. And there's been times we've been leaky against the run, whether it was the wrong fit, wrong angle, whatever it may be. Some missed tackles, obviously. But, but I think going into this, we knew that this was going to probably be part of it when you're trying to build a new defense and right. players are trying to learn a new system. The thing I like, Coach, is that clearly there is a commitment on Danny's part, Tony's part, all the defensive staff, and yours as well, to this system. This, this defense is going to be your defense, and it, it, it seems like there's a real commitment to that 3-3-5. Yeah, make no mistake. Uh, and I think it's, it's unique in the sense that you can play with five defenders in the back end of your defense where you never have to substitute a whole lot. And, and that's critical in college football because of, of the formations and, and they spread you out. You have to have cover guys that can play in space. And so as we continue to develop, I, I think you'll see that. Some of the positives defensively, I think, uh, there's been bend, not break at times, but you're fourth in the Pac-12 in scoring defense. You're giving up only 21 points a game, tied for the conference lead in quarterback sacks. And something that hasn't gotten discussed a lot, I don't think, is your defense has really cut down on giving up the explosive plays. They have. Uh, they've done a nice job of that and not uh, allowing the big play. And, 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 and that's critical in college football because college football is all about big plays and playing in space. Uh, you know, the one error, and all of a sudden it's a 30- or 40-yard play. And yeah. We've been pretty fortunate. We've given some up. Uh, but I think as we continue to play and we understand the concepts of what we're trying to do in coverage as well as up up, up on the front line as far as rushing, that has to be a coordinated effort. You know, mm-hmm. rushing coverage have to blend together. When it doesn't blend together, bad things happen. You look at almost any successful team, whether it's in the college ranks or in the NFL, and the teams that win probably have a really good turnover ratio. Your plus five is the best 
in the Pac-12 and one of the best in the country. I asked you about this at your news conference the other day. It's interesting because it's largely you're really not taking the ball away no, a lot, Ralph, but your ball security has been is the best in the country. You've only committed two turnovers through six games. That is absolutely remarkable. That has been excellent. You have to give the offensive guys a lot of credit for that. I think defensively we have to do a better job of taking the ball away. We really do. And, and that's what this defense is a little bit predicated on. When you think about what Danny and those guys were able to, to, to create, and, and along with Coach White down at San Diego State, um, you're talking about in three years or something, 60 interceptions or something like that, some, yeah, some yeah. crazy number, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what we want to become. We want to become a takeaway defense so our offense can possess the ball more. Right now we're only possessing the ball 10 times a game. Stanford's at about 11. College football is about 17. Now, the wow. reason for that, obviously, is because we run the ball. So there's, And Stanford, yeah, when yeah, they play their same game, way, they, they do. run the yeah. ball. So you're going to take time off the clock, which I believe in doing because mm-hmm. you rest your defense. So we have to give our offense more possessions by taking the ball away. Yeah, no question about that. Winning on the road is probably going to be the next uh, big thing on the to-do list for your club. You've been competitive in all three games. It's ironic. Each of your three games on the road has been decided by a single touchdown. It really has by seven points. And when you look at the box score, um, we've scored 179 points, and I think we've given up 129 or something like that. Yeah, I think that sounds right. (laughs) And so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, if I scored no. your opponent, put you three and three. And, and and that's due to the fact that in some tight games, we had opportunities to make some plays uh, in all three phases, and we, we, we quite didn't get it done. So that's where we're at right now. And I think if we can get over that hump of, of obviously making those plays down the stretch and going on the road making those plays, you start winning some, some road games. How's the health of your team uh, through the bye week? I thought the bye week helped us. Um, we were a little bit beat up like all teams are. Um, you know, we, we, we played some pretty physical football teams, and um, I think the rest helped the players. Uh, and I said this today to the players, you know, I, I felt the energy by them and a focus the last couple of days that, that was necessary. I think they understand what's in front of us now. I mean, you know, it's six-game season. And for the seniors especially, I would think this is that time when that sense of urgency, you know, Manny Wilkins, for instance, He's not, uh, not going to have many more college football games left. To play. No. And you want to make them all count. No, you're right. And I think any senior that sits in that seat understands that. You know, now some of these guys will have an opportunity to play at the next level. Most of them will not. That's the reality of it. And you want to look back at your career and say, hey, hope I, you, know, you don't want to say, oh, we wasted a season where we let it get away from us. You know, yeah. you, you, you want to do some things with this season. We'll have an opportunity. We'll, we'll, I mean, we, we can kind of control our own destiny, and you do it by winning games. We'll break open Stanford a little later on in the show, but just a, a quick overview. They're they're a funny team to me this year, Herm, in that uh, th- this is a team that I've you know for the last few ever since Jim Harbaugh coached there, big physical oh, offensive boy, line, yeah, bludgeoning you with the running game. Last year, Bryce Love, Heisman Trophy runner-up, three hundred yards against Arizona State, and yet this year. The numbers don't compute. They've still got the big offensive linemen, four of them all Pac-12 uh, a year ago. Bryce Love has been hurt, yes, but he's still there. And yet Stanford, 126th in the nation in rushing offense. Yeah, that didn't even sound right, does it? Don't, no, and, not and, at all. And, a lot, and Bryce has been hurt, and, and that that doesn't help. You know, when your when your star back is hurt, and so I think he's probably going to play against us. How healthy he is, I don't know. But if he's back there, that means he can play. And if he can play. <laughs> There's a concern. <laughs> There's a concern if he can play. We saw what he could do last oh, year. Oh, boy. Yeah. And uh, we, we're glad we saw a good 300-yard game from Eno Benjamin because the Sun Devils are on the business end of one last year, yeah. courtesy of Mr. Bryce Love. 
For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Lots more headed your way on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, a show that has a secondary kind of feel to it tonight. New Sun Devil cornerbacks coach Tony White will stop by for a visit a little bit. But up next, two of Coach White's top protégés will join us as ASU's terrific starting cornerback tandem of Kobe Williams and Chase Lucas will be front and center. You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Now this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Today on game day, leave the driving to Lyft, proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Download the app and enter the code SUNDEVILS for $5 off your first four rides. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil Football and your host for tonight's show. Time now to welcome our player guests onto the program this evening. Two young men who play one of the most challenging positions in all the game of football. You heard Coach Herm say that these fellas are out on an island on virtually every play. The Sun Devils' two starting cornerbacks and their two good ones. Our first guest has started every game since he transferred to ASU from Long Beach City College last year. Even had a pick six in his first ever game as a Sun Devil against New Mexico State last August. What's so funny about that, Chase? Come on. (laughs) This year, teams are just not even throwing this guy's way. In fact, he has only been targeted 20 times in six games, third fewest of any cornerback in the Pac-12. He comes from Long Beach, California. Say hello to junior cornerback Kobe Williams. How are you, Kobe? Hello. I'm real good, man. Good to see you. Thanks for coming aboard, my friend. Appreciate you. Now, uh, the opposite corner is a fellow from Chandler High School who last year, as a redshirt freshman, mind you, was named second-team All-Pac-12, becoming the first freshman cornerback to make first or second All-Pac, first or second-team All-Pac-12 since 2003. And trust me, when he's done playing football 20 years from now, he'll have himself a good career as a broadcaster. Say hello to sophomore Chase Lucas. Chase, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming aboard. Really uh, appreciate it. These two fellas have really given the Devils solid cornerback play all year long. Kobe. Let's start with you. How would you evaluate your performance, that of the, the all the cornerbacks? Not only the two of you, but Taryn, uh, Taryn Adams has done a nice job in the last couple weeks. How would you size up the cornerback play? Man, the cornerbacks, so we just learn it every week, man, from Coach White, just to come out here and just prove ourselves and just like, learn our new system of defense and just perfect it any way we can, man. We go out every day at practice, and we just lift each other up to get better from Taryn and me, Chase, Darren Cornet, everybody. And, you know, it, it seems like that's a theme, Kobe, I'm hearing from all the different position groups. It's almost like every practice, a position is up for grabs, isn't it? Yeah, to be honest, it is. We go out there every day to just put our work out and just make sure we're ready for our game plan, make sure we're ready for the game and perfect it. So we can go out there, there's no worries. We can perfect Well, you know, Chase Lucas, his weekly get-togethers with the media, usually in a normal week, uh, Wednesdays are the day we get to interview uh, defensive players. Chase's things are must-see TV, ladies and gentlemen. I would pay to interview Chase Lucas if I had to. Uh, But, Chase, my friend, you... I'll give credit to you. You you didn't hold anything back or mince words 
when sizing up the way things went at Oregon or at uh, uh, Colorado in that ball game, uh, I know you took that loss really hard. How, with the with the benefit of a few days hindsight, how do you process that game and how things went down? Uh, you know, with me, I'm a really tough critic on myself. Uh, I feel like when I don't have a big game or a good game enough, that you know, I just got to practice and. and just critique my te- technique and stuff like that. But for the past couple of days, um, I've just been getting on with it, just watching the um, film on Stanford, watching their receivers, and, and seeing what I can do against them and see, trying to game plan against them, trying to get a, a big game. But, you know, I took that, that loss to Colorado pretty personal, and um, I feel like the only way I can do is just keep moving on mm-hmm. and just keep playing my game and just get better and better every day. Chase, how would you describe the mental makeup it takes to play your position? Man, I'm still learning. I really am. Um, it, it, it is hard. I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I like to um, critique everything. I like to make big plays. I like to, you know, just win every everything, everything, win the game, win the day, all of that. But to be at, at a corner, you really got to lock in. You know, you got to have a, a very short memory, and that's something that I'm trying to I'm trying to possess and trying to learn, but um, you know you got to be the best athlete out there. And, you know you guarding the best athlete. You know, and it's just at every at every point in time you just got to think, okay, I, I'm here to beat this guy. I'm here to beat this guy, and um, it's okay. But for us as corners, you just got to have a short memory. Just keep going with it and just go play by play. Kobe, how tough is that to acquire that short memory for a cornerback? Because that seems that that seems like Chase says to be a critical component of the mental makeup you have to have to succeed at your position. Yeah, you have to you have to take it play by play, man. Just just know your mentality as a DB. Just everybody come to see the DB versus receiver, and you got to have that confidence every play just to move on and, and make a play for your mm-hmm. team and just for the, the sake of the defense and to get the win. Mm-hmm. So if somebody catch the ball, that's your position. We just used to that like you just move on from it and get them next play. It's yeah. a long game hit. How, how has it been for you? As I mentioned, that stat, they've only thrown your way 20 times in six games. I mean, that you got to take that as a compliment on some level, don't you? Yeah, you can, but I, I play every play like the ball is coming my way, man. i got to just so improve. Like, I'm one of the top corners, and me and Chase want to try to be top duo in Pac-12, so we just go out there and try to prove every time we can. I imagine it has to help the both of you. Kobe, I'll start with you that your head coach played your position and played it at the highest level and played it really well in the NFL. was doubt. And my favorite part of practice when we started camp, man, was the pre-practice we had with Coach Hearn. He just taught the basics of everything, man. And it just it's always been a, the main thing he focused on that day was the main thing I thought of, and it just hits me every every rep at practice. Like, and we just worked that drill, and I just perfected it right there. But that, that was my favorite part of practice, just when, when he first came, just... Like learning the basis of everything, learning the basis of every zone, every man, how to press, off off coverage and everything, and we still use it today. Chase, I know you have a special relationship with Coach Herm. Talk about that and how, how, much, how much you value the fact that your head coach knows full well the position you play. Well, the biggest thing about it is, you know, a lot of coaches – played football but not at a at a high level like Herm has and mm-hmm. when we first came in um, me and Herm talked and we you know I already knew that this was going to be my head coach and now me and him were going to have a really close relationship um but I had to go with Kobe you know we had we've had a lot of pre-practices where we would go over coverages go over techniques and stuff like that and you could just see it on the defensive backs face and safeties and all that even the defense like everybody was just zoned in everybody was looking everybody just wanted to learn and when you got a man like Herm Edwards, man, it's, you, you really got to listen to that. And yeah. you got to take coaching critically. And with him, 
you know, he's going to get on you at times. He's going to tell you, you know, what you did and what you did wrong, but he's going to come at you and try to fix it. And that's just one thing I really I love about Coach Herman, and I got major respect for him because a lot of coaches can't do that. A lot of coaches are going to take it personal. A lot of coaches are going to take – you know, coaching the wrong way, and mm-hmm. I think I think Hearn's been perfect with it. And same with Coach White. You know, Coach White has been has been with us since the spring, and and he's been trying to c- correct our techniques and stuff like that. And, you know, coming into them, like with them coming in, it's hard. You know, you learning a new defense, new technique, and stuff like that. And I think that they've done a, a phenomenal job. You know, coaching us, and we're not there yet. We're not none. Of our defense isn't there yet. Or me and Kobe, we ain't there where we want to be yet. But you know, it's up and coming. We're, we're going to come after it. Indeed. You're you're several steps on the journey, that's for sure. And, sure. Kobe, you heard the stat I mentioned. I, I think your defense as a whole has done a much better job this year not giving up the explosive plays. In your opinion, what have been the factors in keeping those down? Only three plays so far this year where your opponents have gained over 40 yards. I think it's our mindset. It's coming from Coach G. Coach Gonzalez, every meeting, you could tell his mindset that we're just trying to be the bullies on the field and just be smart that's the main thing we've been doing. We've been playing so hard and aggressive, but the main thing we've been having the mental errors. Mm-hmm. So I think like every practice now, we just focus on our mental errors, man, and just try to be perfectionists in everything we do to be this perfect defense. I like that phrase, be the bullies on the field. And that's, Chase, that's what you guys really want to be. Because uh, I know Coach Gonzalez, one of the big things with him, he wants all 11 guys running to the ball every single sure. play. Exactly. And that was something that I struggled with at first. And, you know, I, I, at first I was like, man, what, why, why am I running 40 yards down the field for somebody that's going to score or something like that? But mm-hmm. it really showed me during the game, like, anything could happen at that point in time. you got to be there for it. A ball could pop out, somebody, a shoelace, anything. You could fall down, fumble the ball. Like, <laughs> yeah. You just got to run after everything. And I, I like what Kobe said, you know, be the bullies on the field. You want to take the heat to them instead of them bringing the heat to you. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of folks don't realize it about Chase Lucas, but Chase was an offensive star at Chandler High School. <laughs> and uh, you just basically became a defensive guy when you got to college. Uh, you've made a wonderful adjustment, my friend. How challenging yes, has it been? It was very challenging. You know, there's a, there was times where I doubted myself because I didn't, you know, I wasn't making the plays I was. I, and there's a lot of things I didn't really know about uh, defensive back yet but you know I always thought like oh I'm a running back I'm a wide receiver I'm gonna do this 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 this. and then when you start looking when I started looking at the the game film and the stats and all that you know I I think I could be a really really good corner um in in college so when you got a when you got people like Herm, Coach White, and Coach Gonzalez that come at you and they're not babying you they're coming at you like a man like okay you this and that, okay, well, you're going to have to prove it to us. And I, I like that, and I really respected that. So even though I'm an offensive player at heart, you know, I feel like <laughs> defense took me over. So Yeah, a little uh, spoiler alert on our pregame show Thursday night before the Stanford game. We're going to have a little feature on Jalen Harvey, who has made the move from offense to defense, the, the exact thing that – uh, Chase Lucas has done and uh, Chase I think you as well as anybody can understand what Jalen has gone through and uh, you have to be in awe of what he's been able to accomplish making that switch and how about as a senior yeah, you know man. coming over for his final year it's like at first you know I had at least a year to to red shirt to at least get some basics down he came came right off of a offensive season going into the spring mm-hmm. as a defensive player like that's unheard of and for him to be leading the team in tackles and making big plays on the ball and stuff like that, it's like, yo, man, you a real athlete. Like you, you were born to to just be an athlete. And um, I'm really impressed with Jalen. I think he's a good leader. I think he's a really good. Um, I think he's a really good safety. So 
I feel like, you know, with his with, with the ball moving and we got six more games, I think you're going to see a lot more of him. Another guy who's been a real stud on the defense this year and is going to luckily be here for the next few years is freshman linebacker Merlin Robertson. <laughs> and, Kobe, you know Merlin from your uh, Pop Warner days, don't man. you? Tell us about your relationship with him. Yeah, Merlin, that's my little brother, man. Um, when I heard we was recruiting him, I jumped on it real quick. I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Merlin Robertson, that's what you guys talking about? Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk to him. And then he's going to come here. And then when Merlin came here, man, it just felt like we just like just met up. And Pop Warner, I always wanted him to play with me, but we never got the chance to play with each other. Like, yeah. like we always wanted to play with each other, but we never did because he always played for Compton. I always played for Carson. But um, we finally just got together. We always hang out, man. Me, Chase, Merlin. Damn, brother, we always hang out, man, together. Boy, what a player he's going to be. He's he's uh, he's something else already. He was a national player of the week in that Michigan State game and what his second game in college football. Stanford, Thursday night, we think of them as a running team, Chase, but their passing game is a lot better this year. Their quarterback, K.J. Costello, has good numbers, and they have a big receiver, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Mm-hmm. He goes about uh, 6'3", 225, and he's turned into an explosive uh, weapon for them. What will be the keys defensively against Stanford? Well, you got to make them predictable, you know what I mean? you gotta, you got to get them in the third downs, third and longs, second and longs, and stuff like that, and make them pass the ball. You know, they I think they got a really good running back in Bryce Love. they got a oh, really, yeah. really, 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 really good line. Um, KJ Costello, I've known him for a little bit and uh, talked to him uh, recently and, you know, wishing him the best of luck and all that. And um, But I think you, the biggest thing for defensively, you got to make him predictable. You know, you got to stop the run. You got to, you know, do everything you can to stop Bryce. And then on top of that, our secondary got to be lights out. You know, wide side, I think he's a really good athlete. I think, um, you know, he got a lo- uh, good range and he got good speed and stuff like that. But I, I ain't seen nothing that we can't handle. You know what I mean? We've done this before. We've been in these type of positions. No matter the height, size, weight, none of that. We, you know, we're just going to go out there and ball. Well, they're two good cornerbacks, and they're two pretty doggone uh, good guests as well, don't you think? Kobe Williams <laughs> and Chase Lucas. Fellas, thanks for coming on tonight. Great thanks stuff. Good to see you. Thanks, man. Anytime. You're welcome to join us on the show. For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Up next, we'll visit with the man who mentors Chase and Kobe as Sun Devil cornerbacks coach Tony White will join us. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. We're broadcasting live from the Lodge in Tempe. I'm Tim Healy, and now this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Third quarter. You know, a college football team needs a quality night's rest the evening before the big game, and that's exactly what the Sun Devils get at the Hilton Scottsdale, where the team stays before all home games once again in 2018. We welcome you back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, our show coming your way live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe. I'm Tim Healy, the radio voice of Sun Devil Football. We're glad you joined us tonight. In this segment of the show, we visit each week with a member of Herm's coaching staff at Arizona State. And our guest tonight is in his first year in Tempe after coaching nine years at San Diego State, helping turn the Aztecs program into a West Coast powerhouse. A one-time starting linebacker at UCLA in the late 90s. Please welcome to the show Sun Devil cornerbacks coach and defensive pass game coordinator Tony White. Tony, great to see you, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me here. Awesome. Pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, You had a great job at a Mountain West Conference powerhouse. What were the attractions that drew you to come out to Arizona State and work for Coach Herm? 
Uh, you know what? Uh, number one, the opportunity to be around good people. Uh, everyone, you know, I kind of knew of Herm Edwards, but uh, uh, Coach G, I've been around for a while. I uh, really, really had a lot of faith in what we can do here. And uh, a lot of the similarities, you know, uh, San Diego State, when we first got there, they were, they were one of the uh, worst college football teams in the country. And when we went in, we had a plan. Uh, we implemented the plan, and it turned out okay. And so sure uh, with Coach Edwards uh, having a similar plan and, you know, wanting to build this thing back up to uh, winning championships, and with Coach G coming over, I thought it was a, it was a chance to grow and, and really be around some good people, good university. And you, were probably, you probably wanted to get back into the Pac-12. You played in this great conference. Didn't yeah, you? you know, I was lucky. I've been mean, very, very lucky, very fortunate to uh, – to be here and again be in the pack and be very familiar with with the pack having having played there at UCLA. Part of the plan that you talked about was bringing that three three five scheme to Arizona State, and as we talked about with Coach Herm in the first segment, there's an obvious commitment internally to this scheme, and you're going to recruit to it and you're going to make it work. What when when it's at, at its full in full flower, if you will, Tony? What are the benefits? What makes the three three five such a good scheme? I think the uh, versatility nowadays. You know, with all the offenses that we see. Uh, one week, especially in the pack, you're going to see uh, tight end sets from Stanford. Uh, you're going to see four or five wide receiver sets from Oregon. Um, you know, you're just going to get a, a, a variety of, of offenses thrown at you. And I think the best thing about the three-three-five is that we put five athletes on the field. You know, five Chase Lucases on the field, five Kobe Williams on the field, mm-hmm. and uh, and have a chance to really be versatile in what we want to do and how we want to attack offenses. You know, that's that's the thing with this defense. We want to attack offenses and kind of limit them in, in what they want to do game plan wise. Um, so whether it's, you know, whether it's blitzing, whether it's a DB's blitzing, linebacker's blitzing, whether it's playing cover two, whether it's coming man free or playing cover zero, you know, this defense allows us to do all those things. And at the front end, I've heard that the biggest uh, threat to an opposing offense is that they don't know where the pressure is coming from at any time. And that's the, and, and that's the key. You know, it, offenses have, uh, have kind of evolved. You know, we were just talking about that. Um, there's a reason why offenses are scoring a lot more points. There's a reason why uh, quarterbacks are throwing the ball a lot better to wide receivers and getting in the end zone, you know, and, a lot of times, those offensive coaches, they know what we're teaching the defense, you know, sometimes better than the defensive coaches. And so if you line up in a, in a static front, if you line up in a coverage that they recognize, they're able to game plan those things. And what we want to do with the three three five is is make it to where the offense has no idea. So now they become very general, very uh, very fundamental in what they want to do. And so now we can try to attack and, you know, put our best matchups out there. And last year, you were able to defeat Stanford doing that very thing, weren't you? Yeah, we got lucky. We got, we had a lot of help from the offense. Yeah, I think they held the ball for forty something minutes, so that always helps. Yeah, know? yeah, that always helps. That that does for sure. Uh, we just met your two starting cornerbacks, uh, great kids, Kobe Williams, Chase Lucas. How would you evaluate as their coach their play so far this year? You know what? I'm I'm pretty lucky because there's a lot of change on the defense. We have got a lot of guys. Um, Defensive line-wise, playing that that really didn't play as much last year. Linebackers are all new. AP has done a great job with those guys. Um, Safety, same kind of way. But I I was fortunate to come over and have two guys who have played. That's a good um, point. Yeah, two guys who have played and, and been steady back there at, at 
as Coach Edwards said, probably the most vital position in terms of giving up plays and giving up quick points. You know, that's the that's the thing. And these guys have been their maturity at corner has been a, a great help to me and being able to install the defense and things we want to do. And not only Kobe and uh, Chase, but we talked briefly about Taron Adams has really come about come on the last uh, three games or so. Yep, yep. And you know, good football teams are going to have some depth. And uh, you know, again, kudos to the recruiting staff, uh, guys evaluating seeing Taryn and seeing his skill set and then being able to come in here with these guys with with the maturity that these guys have shown and learning the defense and you know really buying into it you know kind of brought along ta and again we got three guys who can play some ball you mentioned the maturity of these fellas and part of that maturity is having that ability uh, of selective memory to be able to wipe out a bad play and go line up for the next one how challenging is that for kids who play the cornerback position to develop well it, it really could affect you, especially when you're young and you're not used to it. You know, we always talk about in the room when when a defensive lineman is in the wrong gap or a linebacker hits the wrong gap, you know, people don't usually see that. You know what I mean? It's just kind of a, a blur and you kind of go on. Right. But when a corner messes up out there, there, there's about a million people that know your name and know your number and know exactly what just happened. You know what I mean? So we always preach that. Um, and, it, you know, it's kind of funny because it goes back into recruiting. You know, I know Chase was a, was a guy who was on offense a lot, you know, in high school and everything. That's kind of what Coach Herm says is our DNA. You know, I really like those guys who like to make plays. You know, those guys who are in high school a lot of times, those guys are the wide receivers, those guys are the punt returners because they're used to making plays, being in the spotlight. So now you translate that over and you're playing in a nationally televised game against a great receiver and a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're going to give up a play, but you got to come back through and, and, and be ready to go. One of uh, Herm's phrases or sayings that I really like is uh, I, I, when the ball's in the air, it's not – it's not automatically the offense's ball, no, is it? No, 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 and, no, no, no. and that's why you want to have a playmaker playing at the back end of your defense. Exactly. You know, I, we tell those guys, hey, when when we're even and we spot the ball, we are the wide receiver. We technically become the wide receiver. And those great DBs are able to do that. They're able to, to backpedal, run the route, and when they turn around and spot the ball, those guys become the wide receiver. We talked with Herm also in the first segment about it's an interesting dynamic that you have going. Your turnover ratio of plus five is terrific, best in the Pac-12, but it's mostly predicated on the offense's ball security. I know you'd like to see the defense start taking the ball away. Is that a mentality that a defense can develop over time? Do you that think, is. Tony? Yeah, I don't know. It, it really is. You know, and, and we talked about this before is that when you're able to uh, get the offense uncomfortable, get those guys doing what they really don't want to do, that's when a lot of the turnovers come. And as a defense, you know, we got to uh, continue to improve. We got to continue to, uh, to, to execute at a high rate consistently. And I think we're going to force those offenses to do things that they don't want to do, and it'll give our, our playmakers a chance to make some plays. As we mentioned with them, one thing that this defense has done well is you've really cut down the explosives. This defense got torched by a lot of big plays, 40-yard-plus plays, the last few years. Only three, I think, given up this year. What's been the key factor in that in th- your mind? That, that's the number one emphasis out coming in here. Coach, Coach Edwards pointed out, you know, Coach Gonzalez spotted as well, is that we can't give up big plays. You know, we figure that if we make an offense have to operate, chances are, you know, they'll get a chance to uh, stall out. And so uh, it's about being in the right place, you know, fundamentals and techniques, and then uh, uh, obviously the, the players executing. And you talk about big plays, that leads us right into the discussion of uh, this uh, Thursday night's opponent, the Stanford Cardinal. 
And it's almost, I can't tell, I don't think it's by design, but it seems like Stanford's offensive DNA has changed a little bit this year from the standpoint that for whatever reason, their rushing numbers are unbelievably low given their talent level in the offensive line and running backs. But K.J. Costello, their quarterback, is having a a solid year, throwing over 1,600 yards. And the receivers, led by J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Trent Irwin, are veteran and talented. What's your take on their offense? Well, you know, very talented group. Uh, They have an identity. They know what they want to do. And uh, I know that uh, I think the biggest thing in the run game is they've had some injuries, some injuries to some offensive linemen. Uh, Obviously, Bryce Love has been banged up a little bit. But as great teams do, they find a way to win. And uh, with K.J. Costello there, those, those big wide receivers, their tight ends are always always gigantic and always really skilled. Uh, I think they've done a nice job of, of finding ways to, uh, to hurt teams when they're stacking the box, you know, and guys are making plays for them, and so it'll be, it'll be a challenge. It, it seems to me they'll be a big challenge because they may be potentially as diverse as any offense you'll see. Not too many teams have the skill at tight end that they do and use them, mm-hmm. and then they've got the wideouts, and if they ever get that running game cranked up to the numbers that we're used to seeing from Stanford, what, it's like pick your poison, right? It's tough. You know, those are the hardest offenses to defend always with the ones that can run the ball, the ones that can distribute the ball to different playmakers. Always a tough task for the defense when you got those kind of weapons. Now, you, as we mentioned, uh, you played for UCLA. Uh, what was it like playing at Sun Devil Stadium as a visitor? Do you think Sun Devil Stadium provides your club with a really good home field advantage? Oh, 1,000%. I remember c- playing over here, and uh, it was always it was always you were going to get a tough physical football team, period. And uh, some of my best friends are played here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, being here, being, being in the environment, seeing, being around the guys, you know, everybody who – represents uh, asu I, I can see why there's a lot of support um, and and this play should win you yeah. know and that's why coach edwards is here that's why we're here and uh, want to get the get the championship back here sounds like a plan to me a little bit about uh, tony white he played professional football north of the border in the canadian football league right four yeah. years i think let's see you were at the calgary stampeders the Hamilton Tiger Cats, a team at one time coached by Frank Cush, yep, and yep. Uh, you also played uh, for Ottawa. Was it the Ottawa Rough Riders? Or? It, it was the Renegades. Renegades. Yeah, the Renegades. They changed their name. Or? They changed their name about eight times. But I can't Seriously? keep. It. I just know I played for the Renegades. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was what was that like playing up in the CFL? You know, it, it, anytime you get a chance to extend your playing career, I, again, very lucky, very humbled to uh, to be able to do that. Um, again, there are a lot of great football players, and I just. Kind of found my way up there, and I was just good enough to, to kind of bounce around up there and, and do that. But, uh, you know, really loved my time. You, you got a chance to experience something new. You got a chance to be around other football players you, you saw on TV. Um, and it was, a, it was just an overall great experience. Fields 110 yards long, only three downs, oh, right? You was, that be, must have been really listen, tough to get used to. Listen, huh? people, people don't understand. When you go up to Canada, you got to be in much better shape because the roster's smaller, the field's wider. So, you know, I'm the linebacker. I'm the, the third tight end. The air's thinner. You know, I'm, it's crazy up yeah. there, you know. so Tony, in wrapping things up, what are your hopes or expectations for this Sun Devil team now heading down the final six games of the season? You know what? Uh, number one is to execute more consistent. Uh, you know, we're giving ourselves a chance to uh, to be in some football games. And, and the, the nobody is, is satisfied with where we're at. But, uh, you know, guys can see the maturity of, of the program, of where we're going. Uh, those teams that we played, we gave ourselves a chance to win by executing, uh, by making plays at critical times, by uh, 
not turning the ball over by getting some turnovers in some key situations. So I think uh, we're headed in the right spot. We just got to continue to execute, cut down on the mental errors, and continue to give ourselves a chance to uh, to win ball games there at the end. Great insights from Sun Devil cornerbacks coach and defensive pass game coordinator Tony White, our guest tonight. Tony, thanks for coming on, bud. No, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. For the world's most refreshing beer, 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coach Edwards rejoins me in a moment as we continue our preview of Thursday night's game with Stanford as we continue with All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, here from the Lodge in Tempe. You're listening to the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Visit the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe every Thursday night during the ASU football season for All Aboard with Coach Herm and stay afterward for great food and a nice cold beverage. Of course, if you do the math, you figure tonight is Tuesday night. That's because the Sun Devils are playing a game Thursday, but our next show will be a week from Thursday, October 25th here at the Lodge. Welcome back to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light for the world's most refreshing beer. 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Tim Healy. We're glad you joined us this evening. Coach Herm Edwards uh, back with us now. And Herm, I'm really excited for this game coming up with Stanford on uh, Thursday night. Uh, again, you, you described Michigan State and Washington and, the, and San Diego State in these terms. Stanford, even though they're... I don't know, a little bit of a mini-identity crisis, but basically you know who they are and you know what they want to do, don't you? Yeah, and they have an established program, and it starts with their head coach, David Shaw. I can't say enough about him. Uh, I go way back with the family. I know Willie, the, his dad. Right, <laughs> so, former coach here. That's yep. exactly right. And, um, you know, he's done a marvelous job. He took over with Coach Harbaugh and really has kept the same identity for the most part. Um, they have an identity of what they want to do offensively. Um, very good on defense, solid defense. And so, you know, it's a, it's a team that uh, when you look at them and you look at their record um, the last, what, six, seven years, he's been there eight years now, mm-hmm. they're always in that the conversation about having the ability to win their conference or and, 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 and be a Pac-12 uh, title holder. So right. uh, I have much respect for, 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 for David and, and obviously in, in, in the program as well. You look at their record this year. They've lost the last two to Notre Dame and Utah, two pretty good football teams. And uh, But look at, at who they've beaten. They've beaten some good teams. They beat San Diego State. They defeated USC 17-3. to And even though they were outplayed in the game, they won – at Oregon in overtime, and that was an impressive come from behind. It really was, and, and Oregon's a good football team. You know, they, they've lost some games to good teams, and U- Utah's a, a fine football team. Man. Yeah. I mean, they, they are all you want. I mean, they, they, they're probably one of the better defenses in our conference, Utah. Um, they're, they're coached very well, and so, you know, like anything else, um, it's, a, it's just a matter of when the game starts, um, taking advantage of the opportunities when they present themselves. What do you see in Stanford's defense? Solid. You know, don't give up a lot of big plays. Uh, I think Utah did a good job. They had some wrinkles in the run game and hit them a little bit on the run. They ran the, ran the triple option, actually, right. from, from the gun. And, 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 you know, when you don't take the dive back and you don't take the pitch, big plays happen. Uh, turned the ball over, too. They, they, they had opportunities in that game uh, in scoring position through the one bad interception. It ended up being a 99-yard touchdown. So in the red zone, really hurt them against Utah. 
It's going to be a heck of a ball game on Thursday night, and our Sun Devil Radio Network coverage will begin at 4 o'clock. Seems early, but that's what it is, 4 o'clock on ESPN 620 AM. The Sun Devil Tailgate Show, hosted by Jeff Munn and Jordan Simone. Money and I will then take you through the countdown to kickoff show at 5. Jeff Van Rapphorst and Jordan join me for the play-by-play at 6. Thanks to our host at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, to our great engineer producer, Sean Pressman, our studio coordinator, Cody Fincher, and ASU Senior Associate Athletic Director for Football, Tim Cassidy, for their help. Herm, good luck there Thursday night. Going to be thank a heck of a you, game. and let's thank our fans for coming out again. A little chilly for the fans out in Arizona, chilly right? Chilly indeed, <laughs> but we're glad they're here. For Coach Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for listening to All Aboard. So long, everybody. You've been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Mid First Bank.